It's Barely in Topic. Podcast for Boston Bruins fans, by Boston Bruins fans. Welcome to Barely in Topic. <laughs> it's episode 316. Oh. This week I'm here with Jeff, who's back from wherever he was, and Tim. Hi, all. Hello. <laughs> did, did you did you want something more there uh, um no. i missed you all <laughs> i was just thinking about where we said you were last week and trying to to remember all of that um don't worry it wasn't it wasn't unflattering so yeah it was fine we were just fools um yes so this week we have a really extra special show in which we're going to talk about our first NHL games. Um, and I it, it, later on you'll realize why I said it that way. But um, yeah, we have some other things that we have to talk about first. So welcome back from Vancouver, Jeff. <laughs> it's too bad you didn't hear you. where, where we, we put you and what we said. But you know. One of these days, you'll listen to that. Pretty sure there's a few Scrubs references, if I remember correctly. I think we should just make it a, an episode. Uh, we should make it a habit of making at least one Scrubs episode reference <laughs> during a show. Hey, that script, that script I sent you, that was created by the the Neural Net. Oh boy, it was perfect. Who is Dr. Uh, Carr? (laughs) 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 Um, So we did not put you anywhere with Bahama Mamas, uh, a KFC bucket full of vodka, or... um, Uh, No Dr. Kelso, so... Yeah, yeah, there's none of that. We did not do that to you. Eagle! That's my one reference. <laughs> you know, so many times we've missed opportunities to um, to uh, sing Guy Love. Oh, I know. I know. It's Guy Love Between Two Guys. Whenever guy I think love of... Love Between Two Guys. We are so focused today. <laughs> Honestly, whenever I think of Brad and Patrice, I, I, I think of Turk and JD so much. <laughs> Well, next time that we talk about them, which will be sometime soon, we'll have to sing it. I have to remember all of the lyrics. I remember them when I see the episodes, but I don't remember them offhand. So, but anyway, um, so focused today. Let's get back on track. We've got a couple of things we have to talk about before we get into the um, the main emphasis of today. As I roll a piece of chalk, expecting it to turn into a die. Okay. I think the first thing we have to talk about is uh, Charlie McAvoy. Uh, It was released, I think it was revealed, when was it, Monday or Tuesday, that he was having a procedure. Well, first came the, he wasn't at practice. Then he had a doctor's note for that or something. And then it was revealed that he underwent a heart procedure. And the Bruins fans all just wanted to die (laughs) i mean yeah that's that's accurate i 
myself included. I was at first I saw he wasn't at practice, and I was like, "Oh, great." And then I saw that like he had the procedure, and I was like, "Oh, fantastic!" <laughs> then I was like, "Wait, he played with that?" Because in my head, I'm just thinking heart. And when you're when, I mean, most people when you think, "Oh my gosh, there's something wrong with a person's heart," and they're a top athlete, like how are they doing this? And then I calmed down. It was like it was like a wave of emotions for like 25 minutes. Now, see, I was actually pretty calm about it. Um, because first of all, I'm like, okay, he's got an arrhythmia and an arrhythmia can be problematic, but it, it doesn't necessarily mean it's more than that. We'll say, um, wow, Jeff, you're really quiet. Are you still there? I'm still here, but like, I have nothing, I don't have a lot to say about this. I missed the reactions and I was like. I saw in the, in the shared chat thread when one of you, when one of you guys shared that, it's like, oh, Oh, fuck. But then I was really busy, so, like, I, I just remained calm. You heard it here first. Jeff doesn't care about Charlie McAvoy. That is not at all what I said. <laughs> <laughs> like, not even a little bit. <laughs> okay. I'm sorry. Okay, let me get back into the medical stuff. Um, from what I understand, and I wasn't there, and I'm not part of the medical crew, but the way that the information was released, it looked like, or it sounded like he, he had um, this experience of like, um, kind of like feeling like his heart was racing. He was short, had shortness of breath and uh, he was really fatigued during a game. But the medical staff, you know, did what they do and they cleared him to play after that. And, uh, you know, it sounds like they... You know, did EKGs and stuff, and they determined that it's an arrhythmia, and they kind of figured out where it was happening, because you can look at those uh, readouts and figure out where the extra electrical charge is happening. And then they decided that uh, even though it might have been a one-time occurrence that he could tell in-game, and I don't know if there were other occurrences, I can just tell you I know about the one, they just decided to do a procedure that is called ablation. You want to hear about it? Please you guys proceed. are just like, first of all, I can't see Jeff's face. And then Tim's like, whatever. <laughs> I mean. Okay. This is what's happened. Uh, what happens. They, they stick a wire down into your heart. And they, you know, with a camera. And they basically go into the area where the extra electrical impulse is happening. And they create scar tissue. They burn it so that that area no longer produces an electrical signal because it's not going with the rest of the heart. It's it's doing its own thing. So it's like the heart's doing this thing and it's like, and it's, it, it, it just, it's wrong. It's like, I'm doing this hand thing. Nobody can see it except for you guys. But basically there's like an extra beat that's happening and it's happening in the wrong place. So what they do is they create scar tissue so that the electrical impulse doesn't come from there anymore. And then, you know, if they do it correctly, there's no, no recurrence of that from that site. So chances are he will never, ever have this again. This, this arrhythmia will not happen unless it occurs somewhere else. But we're not going to get into that because that's not really a common thing. Sorry, Jeff, I didn't mean to make you turn on your camera. <laughs> that's so, so, 
literal heartburn is how they fix it. Burning the heart. Well, not the whole heart. Just a little section. Like a little tiny area. Inside the heart, not outside. Inside the heart. It's amazing. It really is. Wow. I know. It's fantastic, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, modern medicine. So, so basically, when if the the problem that I had this week with this is that the way that the news was disseminated, um, especially the Bruins, like when you read their little thing on it, it was like, oh, he underwent a heart procedure, blah 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 blah, and then at the bottom it says, oh, he'll be back in two weeks, everything's fine. It's like, <laughs> but it's like. Charlie McAvoy has a heart procedure. <gasps> oh my god! And so, I mean, I mean, you know, people are not wrong to freak out a little bit, though. I mean, people, you know, for Bruins fans, well, of course, these things happened to these players when they were no longer Bruins. But for Bruins fans, we have the, the, the you know, we have Craig Cunningham and Rich Pepperly in, in recent memory that have had cardiac episodes on the ice. Right. Right. I can understand that. Um, uh, but they had a little bit more going on. And and in this case, I absolutely trust the, the Bruins uh, staff on this. You know, arrhythmias mm-hmm. can develop um, and they can go away on their own, but they can they can develop at any age. You can be born with it. You can have it as a kid, teenager, old person it, it just it happens you know it's not something that i would really worry about unless he you know if he were 20 years older i might worry about it a little bit more maybe 10 years older you know but he's young he's gonna get through this and it's okay now uh you're right about uh cunningham and peverly those i i don't i still can't even wrap my head around what happened to cunningham yeah, I don't really understand how a cardiac episode and having to have a significant portion of his leg amputated are connected. I don't really, I don't know enough about stuff like that to understand that at all. So, yeah. um, I find whatever happened to him really hard that it was never detected in any other earlier stages. Although there are a lot of health things that happen that you have no symptoms. And keep in mind... Charlie's things were just symptoms. The the major thing was the fatigue part cuz basically his heart was working extra hard to just maintain a normal rhythm and basically that will wipe you out. Um which is impressive that he was playing the minutes he was all this time. I think that's more impressive than that he was playing was how much he was playing perhaps is probably the more right remarkable thing. Right, right. So Charlie's going to be fine. Um, you know, people are mourning that, uh, you know, oh, his chances at the Calder are wiped out or they're saying, oh, the Bruins are going to lose all the games. Um, here's the thing is he was never going to get the Calder it is, it is going to be Barzil or, or Besser. Bozer. Besser. Besser. Yeah. <laughs> I would. And it, by which I mean, it's going to be Bar. It's going to be Barzil and we'll never hear the end of it. I don't even want to go into that, but. That's just the reality of it. Oh, but I actually had something fun to say about Matt Barzell. Barzell. Go on. Okay, I heard it on another podcast this week, right? Because he talked to Emily Kaplan. And he's living with the Seidenbergs. Right, that. (laughs) And basically, he's living in their basement. Stop me if this sounds familiar. He's living in their basement. He likes to come upstairs and play with the kids. 
He's got, uh, he, he's got, you know, people making meals for him, basically. And he said he's 20 years old. He's not ready to live on his own. And he knows that. And he really loves the fact that he can live with a family, especially a family who, who you know, they, uh, they have a player in the NHL themselves. So they know what everything is like, you know, Dennis zeidenberg has been in the NHL for a long time. He knows how to eat. That guy is built. So, mm-hmm. and he said that. I, I guess these Zeidenbergs are excellent cooks, basically. Oh, excellent. And, you know, that, that sort of thing I think should probably uh, kill any complaints by Isles fans about them continuing to pay and play uh, Zeidenberg. It's like, well, guys, okay, maybe you shouldn't – maybe maybe you could ice a better, a better defenseman, but clearly they're paying him to feed Matt Barzell. Yeah, basically they're – yeah. They're taking care of the uh, of Matt Barzell, so uh, that's why you're paying him one point whatever million it is. I mean, one point two five, yeah. Right. Uh, technically, the Bruins are paying him. Are paying him more, quite to, a bit more, yes. To take care of Matt Barzell. <laughs> Maybe you should oh, be mad let's... at that. <laughs> that. I feel like we shouldn't draw attention to that because, like, that's just just just. This makes the narrative that much more worse. That much worse. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. I didn't say that at all. I'm just saying that I thought that was a cute story. I kind of like, I like it when younger players look to older players to help them out. I think it's great. So, too bad it's Mart ba- uh, Mart <laughs> Mart Basel. <laughs> <laughs> Mart Basel. Mart <laughs> Basel. <laughs> Okay. So anyway, um, uh, I think I might call him that. I might. I think I might call him that from now on. Thank you, I appreciate that. You're welcome. It's the least I can do. Uh, But anyway, that that ESPN on Ice. I I actually really enjoyed that uh, that podcast. Uh, So if you like Wyshynski, but maybe you want it to be a little less dick jokey, or a lot less dick jokey, um, and you want to hear. Emily Kaplan talked to a bunch of players because that's what she does. She goes around, talks to all the players. Um, that's a show for you. It's good. So that's like that's, that's like um, uh, Wyshynski being serious, sort of like how Biscuits is inexplicably how Lozo is seri- gets to get serious despite being on a podcast with Sean, Mc- Sean McIndo, which I don't understand how that podcast is so not hilarious because it's those two. Hmm. <laughs> I wouldn't say he's being serious. He's just being more serious. Well, I mean, yeah, okay. Okay. So, yeah. <laughs> so basically, um, yeah, the, he still jokes around. He still talks about movies and he's still whatever. And they have a great segment where they talk about the media being kind of out of control, like a media story, just like kind of having a life of its own. And it's called um, Phil Kessel eats hot dogs or likes hot dogs. It's really funny. <laughs> But it's not about Phil Kessel and the hot dogs. It's just a story that's blown out like that. Anyway. Um, yeah. Oh, in, in that same episode, uh, they they also talked about Bergeron being considered for not just the Selkie. He just said that should just be written in permanently. Uh, but the heart. Yeah. Um, uh, Elliot Friedman uh, mentioned that um, on 31 Thoughts this week as well. And that he would be the potential would conceivably be the first person to get both the Selkie and the Heart in the same season, conceivably. I would love it. I want to see it. Let's make it happen. How how can we? Wh- what do we have to do to to give him the extra good energy to make that happen? 
I was going to say, well, for starters, we need to get um, accreditation by the my Professional Hockey Writers Association. You can vote. But okay. hmm. I feel like we're not going to get that. No. 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 We're just going to have to do it the old-fashioned way. Wishing and hoping really, really hard. Um, yeah, so, okay. That got me very, very excited. That's why I had to listen to that episode. That was that was the primary reason, you know. But I, I love it when I hear Wyshynski say, eh, just Patrice Bergeron, just just write it in indelible ink. It's He's going to get the Selkie. I love that. So, all right. Any... Any more thoughts on Charlie McAvoy? Get well quickly, buddy. And, yep. You know, that, that's really all I got to say there. We have to talk about Brad Marchand and his five-game suspension this week. This is a result of his elbowing Marcus Johansson. Or is it Johansson? I don't know. Johansson. He's actually Swedish, so it's Johansson in his case. Okay. <laughs> so for elbowing Marcus Johansson... Uh, in a situation that, uh, well, he probably shouldn't have elbowed him. And as a result of all of his previous fines and stuff, he had to be suspended for five games. Marcus Johansson also is presenting with concussion-like symptoms, so that's not good. And he spent the month of November recovering from a concussion sustained earlier in the season. So this is all really bad. Yeah. I've been going through this all week. I've seen the play, you know, I've been trying to make sense of things. Um, I don't have any real, I, I, I don't have an opinion on the five games on whether or not it's too much or too little. I think he su- should have been suspended, I guess. Fine. I, I, I don't, I, I, I get that there's a certain nature in his play and I wish that he didn't have to be... I, I wish he wouldn't make questionable or dirty hits at times. Uh, but I think the the most telling thing about this, because I don't really have a real hot take here, other than Brad knows that he fucking left his team down. Yeah, I, I think there is that. And with... with in regards to the suspension, I think, you know... This, he, the suspension is probably warranted. Uh, the amount of games, I'm not sure that the amount of games is. Um, I kind of keep going back and forth on that because I, it, it, something that really bothers me about it the most, though, is just the consistency with player safety. They just, I mean, they there's no consistency whatsoever um, with how suspensions go. Uh, Dustin Brown got nothing for his hit, but Mar- Martian got five games for his and the other one was probably a little was worse than martians if i if i think maybe i'm being biased about it but i i agree with you there tim and that was gonna be my take on it is is that it doesn't um like okay that's a suspendable hit for sure um now mind you um martian's reputation isn't for headshots that's that's not that's not his uh usual style of dirty play but that's that's not really here or there that hit should have been suspendable absolutely i have questions about five games but that's that's not really the point i think literally any other player does that hit does not get a suspension unless they're like radko gudas 
or Zach Ronaldo. People who have a reputation for making those kind of hits already. Yeah. Yeah, but, but I think a lot of players, even very dirty ones, you know, the Corey Perrys of the world, mm-hmm. don't get a suspension for that hit. Well, Corey Perry never gets a suspension for anything. Which is fucking horseshit, because Corey Perry is one of the dirtier players in the league, yeah. He really um, is. <laughs> he makes Brad look like a fucking angel. He does. Look, I think Brad is very interesting in the respect that he has a lot of talent, but he's had to use a lot of hard work to like draw that what talent he has out. He's not as naturally talented as, say, like uh, Ber- Bergeron his line mate or Pasternak or whatnot. So he's had to work really hard to get to where he, he's been. And it's really frustrating to see him take a step like this. I I see, I, I, I feel like, like Brad has this like real self-sabotage streak where like he, like when he lifts his nose up to take a look at his surroundings and he sees where he is and he's like, wow, everything's really great. And then he just fucks it up you know and it to me i was trying to see um if if he has a habit of doing this before big things you know like uh he did this before the winter classic and he didn't play there he did it before he not these aren't headshots these are you know things he got suspended for right um you know uh it was before the playoffs this uh last season he got suspended for a game because wasn't that he decided to test somebody's cup or something he speared him i don't know what it was yeah. yep and you know this is not to say like the all-star game is like the biggest thing ever but it's a big national appearance for him and he fucked it up right before he got to it I, I just, I don't know what it is. I, I really feel like there are some people where it's like, they just, I don't, they, they, they do these things to themselves. They impair themselves. Do you think he does it consciously or is it something that's subconscious that he just... I think it's subconscious. I think it's just like, he, um, uh, it's like everything gets too real for him and then he just gotta, he's gonna knock himself down a peg or something. Now... He shouldn't have to do that because everybody's going to do it for him. True. <laughs> and I kept looking at the play again and again, and I was like, Marshy knows he's going to get laid out before he gets the shot off. And it also looks to me like he doesn't want to collide into to Corey Schneider at that point or Appleby or whoever the hell it was at that point. It doesn't look like he wants to do that. But, you know, he he threw that elbow up, man. That's his elbow. Doing that. You know, and Johansson's out of the game after that. I think he tried to come back or something, but they put him in the protocol and that was it. So I'm frustrated, but I think that I I think that Brad knows exactly where he puts his team when he does this kind of shit, you know, and that should be the the more telling thing uh, in my eyes. Like, basically, he knows he screwed up. He knows that he let a bunch of people down and they're going to have to work harder to make sure they win these games that he's out, these four remaining games that he's out. And and it's kind of unfortunate that um, the suspension coincides with McAvoy being out. Having them both out at the same time, I think that's kind of, for me, that's one of the more frustrating parts about it is not only did he get suspended, but he got suspended at a time where they may need to score more often than not these next few games just 
because, or more than they're usually uh, scored just to kind of win without McAvoy on the ice. I'm actually feeling pretty good about the defense, but yeah, you, you the person that you've had in from day one is out for a couple of weeks. Yeah, you, your defense is not as good as it was. That's true. Um, I but I you know what the you're one of your prime your primary scorer, okay, is out for four games, four more games. He's already served the one. He's out for four more games. That's not a great thing, because he scores a lot. <laughs> <laughs> and like th- th- those are games against some like nasty competition, right? Mm-hmm. Like not the worst, but what's it's um, Anaheim, St. Louis, Toronto, and then and then the last one's Detroit. Okay, fine. But um, like the Toronto one especially. Yeah, we I don't. Mean, it, we will lose ground if we uh, the Bruins will lose ground if they lose that game. Excuse me. Yeah. So so basically, yeah, he done fucked up. <laughs> At the, at the same time, I hope, yeah, we, yeah, they'll need to replace the scoring for the four four games. I hope no one player, and the person I'm, I guess I'm more worried about this happening to is Pasta, trying to take on too much and try to do too much and kind of get out of playing their own game to try to supplement Brad's scoring. So I hope no player kind of tries to take it upon themselves to do that because well, I think if they continue to play their game, they'll be okay. I'm not too worried about that. I mean, we had a long stretch where you'd have a lot of players trying to do that earlier in the season, and we didn't have that was not a problem we had. Yeah, I just hope that Bjork. Um, I think I hope that Bjork finds his NHL game a little bit more. That's that. That's like one of the positives that can come out of this. Uh, another positive would be not dropping any or many games. I'm frustrated. I'm frustrated with Brad. I think he's a great player. I think he I think he's probably a really great guy. I just I hate having to sit here and go oh, this is just such a bad look. And I I think part of it with Brad is I mean he he's had to work extremely hard to get where he is. So he's always got that chip on his shoulder and I think he's just kind of continuously plays with that edge that chip and it causes him to lash out in ways that you would prefer him not to like the elbow i think that's kind but the, of but the way that elbow went up i've looked at clips of that hit though uh, 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 of the of the incident there though he was gonna get trucked yeah i said way. he was gonna get laid out i, I like it, like, we're, like to the point where you could probably argue that had he taken the hit johansson could have gotten called for charging and that it connected which which so, is worse? Do you want him to take the hit, or do you want him to to give somebody a concussion? It's it's a shitty. Well, okay, okay, so take a hit that could potentially put him out even longer if it goes yep. bad. Yes. Like I don't want him to not defend himself. I want him to be smarter about it. Yeah. Like an elbow is like there's no good reason to throw an elbow there. There's ways to take that to take that hit that prevents damage to him. Mm-hmm. That don't involve throwing a fucking elbow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just like a, like okay, you know, incidental. Okay, you know, I, I am of, of of position on this podcast saying that even obvious incidental and accidental head contact should result in suspension if the league's actually serious about making it go away. Mm-hmm. Just brutal across the board, no questions asked. It's at least a game. Full stop. Right? Yeah. <laughs> um, but like, but like doing something as blatant as an elbow is just embarrassing. It's like the, it's like the, it's like the cup check one. Like when he got the suspension for say um for for for, for low bridging um Bora whiskey, okay fine you know he's a short guy he's gonna low bridge someone that's built like a moose like Bora whiskey is. Yep. Um. 
Yeah, that's what it was. It, he, it wasn't a cup check. It was the low. Yeah. Okay, I got it. Which yep. is also why he got the suspension for Sammy Salo. And again, injuring Sammy Salo doesn't play in a suspension because you yell Sammy Salo from anywhere on the planet, his leg breaks. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he would like to be around Dr. Cage Passe. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> keep Sammy Solo and Dr. Cage Fassay away from each other. <laughs> I don't even know if Sammy Solo's ever broken a leg. That was just the example I've chosen. I know. Exceptionally accident prone. <laughs> I know. Well, Jeff, you should know it since you're chronically injured on the Sharks bench. According to that one Hockey Central thing. <laughs> yep. I was a sniper for the Ducks. I was a shutdown defenseman for the Preds. Huh. So yours actually so were. So you're at home. Cool. Oh, God. Why did you say it that way? Well, it's right because he is their me. shutdown defenseman. But I wanted to be me and join the rest of the core. Okay, anyway. So, it doesn't matter. This is, um... Uh, we'll get back to Brad. Okay, so, yeah. I know that Brad was going to get laid out. I know the elbow is inexcusable. It's a bunch of things, like... It's a bunch of things that we know, and it's hard to put them all together in a way that makes everything wonderful and okay. <laughs> well, because it, it isn't. It, it isn't okay. That's the thing, right? But again, I just... I'm just... I feel like this entire affair is a real serious condemnation of department of player safety. This shouldn't be a controversial suspension, but they made it that way by fucking up so many other calls. Right. I think it's because Brad could actually count and not just to potato. <laughs> <laughs> you mean you, you're saying that they, they chose not to suspend Dustin Brown because he didn't understand that what he did was wrong. Yes. <laughs> you have been suspended for potato games. <laughs> he, he wouldn't have known he was suspended, so he would have just shown up and played anyway. <laughs> Tim, do you watch The Good Place? Yes, I do. <laughs> All of that reminded me of Jason Mendoza right there. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. Anyway, the good place, awesome show. Watched it from day oh, one. A, Loved it. Give it a ten of ten. It's such a good show. <laughs> it's so good. But anyway, I'm just suggesting that Dustin Brown is pretty dumb. He's dumber than rocks and bricks, and the bag that they all came in and maybe that's why they didn't suspend him i ugh, okay you know what let's move on to something happier because this is yeah yeah i feel like michael scott right now anyway <laughs> so this team's to 18 um uh, game streaks with points is what it is right? yes 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 Yes. Which which now makes it which means that it is now a longer streak than the um uh, than the, than the um uh, the Mazaros uh, streak was. Well, yeah, I mean they're comparing it to like a streak back in 69 with uh Bobby Orr. 
Yeah, like I said, that, that, yeah, it's going far back far. It's ridiculous. Yes. And I want them to stay having these points. So we have to send all good thoughts and be good fans for the next uh, forever. Forever. That's what we have to do. That's it. It's no pressure on us. No. I want to talk about our first NHL games. Yes. Okay. I know. That was a very abrupt segue. But uh, since we we are having Roxanne uh, on later to talk about her first NHL game in Montreal, we are going to talk about our own because I think we're all fans. All right. Most of us, if not all of us, are fans of the Boston Bruins. But we're all fans. And we probably fell in love when we saw the game in person. We might have fallen in love on on TV, saw it in person, and you look at the game in a totally different way. And it's okay if you haven't gone to games because it's expensive. It's stupid expensive, and it could be such a hassle to go to a game. Or maybe you have social anxiety and a game's not a good idea for you right now. I get it. Um, this is not meant to make you feel bad. This is meant to just celebrate the things that we enjoyed about our first NHL games because it's kind of a fun thing to talk about and think about. Uh, yeah, who does want to go first? I'll go first just because, like, you've all heard about my game a couple times on the show, so I'll be quick. Okay. My my, my first um, uh, uh, NHL game, of course, was uh, Bruins at the Senators at, in uh, in Ottawa at whatever they were calling their arena that week. I believe that was during the Scotiabank Center, in the Scotiabank Center years. Oh, that's um, right. It's on, not the Scotiabank anymore, right? No, it's it's a Canadian Tire Center at the moment. And before that, it was the Corel Center, as I said, whatever they're calling it this week. <laughs> Um, this was on uh, February 25th, 2012. Bruins won that game, 5-3. I'll start off by saying the Senators' goaltender that night was Alex Ald, which is why the Bruins won 5-3. <laughs> uh, going through the Senators' roster, there's a lot of, who the fuck is that guy? Uh, but anyway, so Bruins, um, uh, you know, Bergie scored two goals and had an assist. Brad scored a goal, business as usual. David Krejci scored a goal. Carter Camper scored his only NHL goal that night. <laughs> wow. He only played five minutes and 57 seconds of, uh, uh, of the game. That is quality uh, goal to ice time ratio there. Yep. Now there was another player apparently that played, there's a player that played under, a forward that played under five minutes of that game for the Bruins. Uh, Josh Hennessy, who I believe is currently on the contract with the P Bruins at the moment, um, played four minutes and 25 seconds, which is bizarre. Why bother? Anyway, most of the assists that game came from defensemen. Char had two assists. Uh, both Zeidenberg and McQuaid had assists. Joe Corvo had an assist. <laughs> <laughs> Joe fucking Corvo. Yeah. So, so um, Johnny and Andrew, uh, Johnny and Andy were the only non-participants on the score on the score sheet for the defensemen. But you know, not an, not an issue. Yeah, it's not a, uh, no. If your defense is contributing in that way, I think it's awesome. Exactly. So anyway, um. It was a good game. It was exciting. Um, there was definitely more black and gold in that arena than there was red. Oh, <laughs> it's probably sixty forty in favor of Bruins. Bruins fans over Sens fans. I was there with a buddy of mine who was a uh, who, who was a Sens fan. Um, we'd we'd uh, both come down from uh, Sudbury to Ottawa for that show. For that, he was already in Sudbury for a few days in, in Ottawa for a few days. So I'd bust down, barely made it to the game because the bus broke down in 
where were we? Petawawa? Somewhere like that. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god. How long did it does it take to get from Sudbury to Ottawa? So if you drive, uh, it's about five and a half to uh, five and a half hour Sudbury to the um, arena named Dujour versus closer, which is over six to the actual city because it's in the middle of fucking nowhere. Wow. Yeah, and so the bus ride was like I was supposed to get there with time to spare. I had to get off an early, one stop earlier so they would meet me near the arena. It was ridiculous, but yeah. It's a good game. It was a fun game. A lot of black and gold. And, you know, as I said, the Senators really just put their best foot forward by dressing Alex Alden net. It did not go well for them. (laughs) (laughs) (sighs) And uh, that's all I have to say about that. (laughs) Mm, Tim. Ah, yes. So, um, mine was the day after Thanksgiving... In 1998, so it was November 27, 1998. I went with my dad, and we actually took a. Uh, it was, I think, it was a wreck van. Um, like the, the Augusta wreck was doing a trip, so we decided to do it. I was 10 years old. The Bruins did play uh, Montreal, and uh, I do have the box score here. So the Bruins won five to one, which was pretty awesome. Now in the game. At the time, I was a little torn uh, because uh, Eric Weinrich was playing for Montreal at the time, and uh, oh, yeah. his mother was my second grade teacher, so <laughs> I kind of like wanted him to do well, but the Canadians to not do well. Now, the score was 5-1. to one. I know what you're thinking, ton of scoring. Well, after two periods, the Bruins were down one nothing. So, um, the third period was a pretty big period for the Bruins. Uh, Saku Koivu scored the only Montreal goal. Ray Bork scored the first goal for Boston, and Byron Defoe got a secondary assist on that goal. Which Lord is fun. Byron. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Sergei Samsonov scored twice, scored the next two goals. Then my first favorite player, Jason Allison. <laughs> scored a shorthanded goal. And then the fifth goal was scored by none other than Don Sweeney. Oh! So that was his first on the year at the time. Some fun facts. Also, Rob DeMaio had two assists. There's a and name. <laughs> so did Dimitri Kristic. Oh. And um, at the end of the game, kind of in the third period, there were two fights. Uh, Stefan Quintal from Montreal fought Ken Belanger. And then uh, Trent McCleary fought Ken Baumgartner. And another fun fact is Ken Belanger ended up with seven penalty minutes and only four minutes and 40 seconds of ice time. So he had more time in the penalty box than he did on the ice. Also, timey goons. <laughs> also, Peter Ferraro played for two minutes and forty six seconds for the Bruins that night. So it was a good game. Uh, Jeff Hackett was in net for uh, Montreal that day, and, and he just I mean, couldn't hack. It. He just couldn't hack it that night, huh? He couldn't hack it at all, and it was fun. And looking through the names, it's kind of Mark Recchi was actually playing for the Canadiens at the time, and uh, Vincent Dampus. So and Patrice Brisbois. So they had some uh, recognizable names there. 
Um, and then the Bruins, of course, uh, PJ Axelson was on the team and Anton Carter, Hal Gill was on the team and Joe Thornton was on the team at the time too. So a little bit of a throwback for some. And yeah, uh, Byron Defoe stopped 24 of 25 shots. I got to say with a score of five, one, that's got to be the most exciting game played in the year, 1998. It probably was. I mean, <laughs> And because in '98 wasn't quite peak uh, dead puck yet, but it was getting there. <laughs> and uh, the Bruin it brought the Bruins to ten seven and five on the year, and Montreal was seven eleven and two. Woo! Yeah. Nice. Okay, guys, you know I got to be different. It's just me. It's just how I have to be. My first actual NHL game was not a Bruins game, and it was in 2013. So this is what's really hilarious. It was in Edmonton. And it was the Oilers against the Devils. It was their opening game of the season for the, the Oilers at Rexall, uh, the old barn. And uh, I got to see a lot of players in that game. Of course I did. Um, I, I got to see uh, Martin Brodeur in net. Yarmir Yager was on that Devils team. I know, it's pretty exciting. And I had glass seats. I'm sorry, I forgot to tell you this. I had glass seats behind the goal because I had to go say hello to, oh, captain, my captain, Andrew Ference at that time. Yeah, with his new team, his new captaincy. Uh, we went across Canada. It was very exciting. I loved going to my first game, even though even though it was like halfway through the first uh, the second period before the uh, the Oilers actually registered a shot on goal. It's, it's just a pair of unimaginably bad teams. <laughs> <laughs> I went to see Andrew Ferentz! <laughs> <laughs> but I got to see so many other things. Uh, we made up a nickname for Mike Brown, who on at that point was on the Oilers, and he had this, like, wax mustache, you know, old-timey mustache. So we called him the Pugilist. Nice. Okay. Yeah. That, seems, that seems pretty fair. Yeah. yeah so, that's also what he was. Yeah. Yep. And <laughs> that's all he really was. And, uh, you know, he, uh, I should say, member of the tribe, Mike Brown, with his pugilist and, mustache. Um, and I believe he's enshrined in the American Mustache Hall of Fame as well. Probably. And yes, that's the thing. I, I'm not making that up. I remember this being a news item on, on Puck Daddy a few years ago. Really? Um, well, it was a spectacular mustache. I will tell you that. Um, but the, the pugilist fought against Bryce Salvador. I had to look it up myself because I'm like, I knew he fought. I just didn't know. That was the team of too many Schultzes. And it was a really, it was not a good Oilers team at all. And it was coached by one Dallas Akins. Oh, the, oh, the, the David Tennant look like. Uh, <laughs> no, I don't see it. But that's okay. You can You can see what you want to see. Let me tell you about the arena. It was super freaking cold. It was loud as all get out. The people who sat next to me, I didn't see them for a period and a half. But when they came down at the beginning of the first period, they had four beers each. People were pre-gaming like mad for this this thing. So that was fun. Edmontonians, they like to get drunk. Really drunk. A, they're in Edmonton. There's not a lot else to do. B, they were trying to, like... Get, get through, through that season. Watching the, get through watching the, that team. Like by then, they must have just been drunk all the time. But that place was freaking packed. Okay, it was packed. It was people wanted to go see their sucky team, and I wanted to go see their sucky team. And I was like, oh, should I get glass seats? I don't know. And and my husband goes, but you're on vacation. 
I'm like, but yeah, but do I really want to pay this kind of price for like these seats? And it, trust me, it was not that bad by today's standards at all. He's like, you're on vacation. I'm like, oh. He's like, that means you should enjoy yourself. And I'm like, oh. So basically he was saying treat yourself. So I got the glass seats. I was very happy with that. I have a picture of where Andrew Ference's face smudged into the glass. And you have to look hard for the smudge. But man, oh man, that picture means a lot to me. But anyway, all sorts of players in that game. It was great. Oilers won 5-4 in a shootout. And that shootout was kind of miserable, but that's okay. Andrew Farron scored his first goal with the Oilers in that game. That I did not know. Oh. I forgot about it. I had I actually did what Tim did. I looked at the box score to remind myself of what happened that night. Because I'm like, I know there was a fight. I don't remember who Mike Brown, the pugilist, fought against. So I had to look at that. Um, you know, I have that one picture. It's a really great picture of, like, uh, of um, what's his name? Yager, the Yager taking a, or the time-traveling dick wizard, taking a, a face-off, or he's not taking a face-off, he's, you know, in this face-off stance, right? Um, you know, what other players do there. And there's like Andrew Ferentz in the background, you know, it's like really nice shot. But anyway, I took that picture. I didn't drink at all for that game because it was all just Molson and I just didn't want to drink it. But I had two corn dogs, two corn dogs at that game. And I've been chasing corn dogs at arenas ever since. No one, no one else has them. Motherfuckers. I know. I know. But I mean, that's not the most memorable thing. That whole night was just like fun and magical for me. The traveling Yagers were there. The Octane. Yes. The girls that they used to have dress up in skimpy outfits and wave like pom-poms around. The Octane pointed out the traveling Yagers in the stand. So I have a blurry picture of them there. I took a picture with them after the game. It was... You guys aren't really excited. What's wrong with us? None of us are really excited today. These are all exciting things. Did you take a picture with the traveling Yagers? I did not. No, see? See? I got to... They probably weren't a thing when I went to my first game. Probably they weren't, but they were a thing when I went to well, my he was first still on. He was still on this first NHL team at the time, Tim, right? You know, it was before he got sent to the Caps. True, so it would have been a traveling Yager at that not time. Not a lot of traveling, <laughs> he just would have been a Yager. Yeah, yeah. So I'm just saying... Like, this was all very exciting. It wasn't just all corn dogs and neighbors disappearing for two periods. Oh, it was Joey Moss's birthday. That was, like, I loved that. That was so great. I still have that that towel hanging in my office because we celebrated his 50th birthday. And if you know anything about jo- Joey Moss, uh, well, I'll just sum it up real quickly. When Gretzky was dating his sister... When Gretzky saw Joey Moss could, and thought he could have a better job than the job he had just collecting recyclables, uh, got him a job with the Oilers. He's worked with the Oilers ever since. Uh, he is often their, their pep guy before games. And uh, he has Down syndrome. So he just needed an assist into getting a, a nice job. They often celebrate his birthday at games and celebrate with him and he loves wrestling and he's a great guy. So 50 is a pretty big thing for somebody who has Down syndrome, trust me. Um, and uh, I think whenever you, you can have the chance to celebrate somebody, you should celebrate them. So unless they're terrible people. Yes. 
everything about that game was like just so memorable except for the game itself (laughs) (laughs) the game within the game (laughs) but i mean i was just so stoked to go to it because it was just like my first nhl game was out of my market and it was everything was just kind of surreal and i loved it my first bruins game was an oilers game it was like a few months later had nice seats up in 316, I think it was. and Bruins did a nice ceremony for Ference because it was first game back. That's right, they did. And that's co- totally why I was there. I loved it. I wore my parents' jersey. It was great. So many feels. So, yeah. Um, I'm totally over that now. So Nick couldn't be with us this week, but he did send us audio of his first game which happened to be a Bruins game. And, of course, I forgot to announce it during the episode. I had a lot of stuff going on. So here's Nick's first game. My first Bruins game was actually in December 2002, just a uh, few days after Christmas. I remember that Christmas morning very well. Uh, I was in the eighth grade. My brother, Choby, was in the third. And each of us got our first Bruins jersey that Christmas. Pretty cool. Uh, I actually still have that jersey. Uh, it's a bit small on me, but I love it too much, I just can't get rid of it. So after all the presents were opened, uh, after we ate all day, and just about as I take, uh, take a nap, uh, dozing off the couch, whatever, uh, my parents called uh, Chobi and I back into the foyer where our Christmas tree was. They said we somehow missed a present. Uh, it was in a rather big box, so Chobi and I tag team and rip it open. Of course, uh, we, we open it up, there's an envelope in there, and of course in an envelope uh, were, were tickets uh, to see the Bruins. The, the tickets were to see the Boston Bruins at the Atlanta Thrashers. Uh, my parents booked a pretty sweet hotel in downtown Atlanta. I'm pretty sure that place is still there. It's really, really cool. Um, I remember our hotel room was like super high up in this place, and the elevator to get to the rooms was actually on the outside of the building, so it would just zoom you up super quick. It was actually kind of terrifying. My mom and dad do not like heights. Remember, my, my uh, dad had to actually turn around and not look out the elevator as we went up. Uh, as for the game, I actually don't remember much because there wasn't much to remember. The Bruins won one to nothing. John Graham had the shutout, and Rob Zamner had the only goal. Uh, Byron Defoe was recently signed by the Thrashers, but in true Byron Defoe uh, fashion, he was already injured and couldn't play. Uh, ironically, going back to Rob Zamner, he would score again for the Bruins the next time I saw the Bruins play, uh, and that was a 1-1 tie against the Tampa Bay Lightning. So Rob Zamner, for a while there, was the only Bruin I would see score in person. Uh, The best part of the hockey game, though, was my dad being selected during intermission to answer some hockey trivia questions. He got all but one right, and he got a bunch of free swag. You know, I I think he got tickets. He got, like, a a Atlanta Thrasher's wallet and a few other things. Uh, He sold most of it because it was all Atlanta Atlanta Thrasher stuff. The only question he got wrong was... uh, a uh, question about Ray Bork. They said, "Who's what Boston Brewing great who did such and such uh, has his birthday today? And Dad didn't know, and it was Ray Bork. Um, he still feels bad about that. 
And that is my first Boston Bruins game experience. Now, this week, we have a very special guest on with us. She is a fellow listener who had happened to contact me about a very special Christmas present that she got during the Christmas season. Duh. <laughs> um, and How about that? I know. Imagine that. And, and basically, <laughs> she is from Quebec, and she got to go see the Bruins play against their most heated rivals, the Montreal. Hated rivals, even. And hated. Most heated <laughs> and hated. They're, they're the same words, the same letters, right? All. Yeah. Yeah, yeah they are. Okay. And both are correct. Yeah, so. <laughs> <laughs> I loved how I was trying to make this sound like good and professional and stuff. <laughs> Have you, have, you, have you been on this podcast before, Vita? <laughs> I thought you were going to ask me if I've listened to it, and I'm going to say more than you know. Um, anyway, she got to see the Bruins play against their most heated and hatred. Hated. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I was the one who was going to struggle with English. <laughs> no, we all do. <laughs> Anytime Jeff has to pronounce a name, <laughs> it's fun. <laughs> okay, most heated and hated rivals, the Montreal Canadiens, at the Bell Center. Yes. And it was her first NHL game. Yes. Yes. So, and I'm saying your name right, Roxanne C. Yes. Yes, so you can drop the C. <laughs> Roxanne! <laughs> <laughs> Yay! Yay! We're so glad that you're here because when you messaged us to let us in on this uh, info, I was like, "Oh man, I we we need to talk to her." Because <laughs> because like that experience, we don't know what that experience is like, and so we just want you to tell us a little bit about the game and the the venue and the whole experience for yourself. No pressure. <laughs> well, it was it was a day for many uh, personal reasons that did not go well, actually. Oh. So, um, I mean, not, nothing dramatic, but um, I did not necessarily come into the game with a great mindset. That being said, I've experienced the Bell Center before that game for women talking. Ooh. It was not, a, yeah. So I've been there before. I know it's a great place, a great venue, and the atmosphere is great. You gotta give it to them. We don't like them, don't like the have, but they got a great arena. Oh yes. Uh, and so we got there. It was actually pretty close to game time. The warm up had started. That was not my plan. Things went wrong. I told you so. Um, was Max Pacioretty bobblehead night? <laughs> the game was free. Bobblehead. <laughs> <laughs> that was I don't know oh, that that kind of thing doesn't make sense to me but whatever um so we got there got to our seats which were great uh, it's it's kind of in the nosebleeds that the last row but front row so we had an excellent view mm -hmm. um for atmosphere go because me and my brother weren't wearing merch I feel like did not get 
heckled or anything? I uh, see. I was going to ask that question, and okay. <laughs> yeah, we 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 don't really have any, but um, no, people were really into it. Like you could see, like both sides were really excited. But at the same time, I wonder if it would have been more exciting if it hadn't been the third game within a week, second at the same place. I don't know if spirits may have been a little down because it's like, okay, again, so soon. But, uh, you know, the drums were there, and it's just always a great time when those two teams play. People are always excited. Right. Right. That is... That's got to be super exciting. I I did manage to see them at the Garden in a playoff game back in 2014. So that was that was way more ramped up and more excited than any other game I had been to. But I imagine. I mean, I I don't I don't know what it's like um, during the regular season uh, myself. But uh, you, it is a shame that the schedule makers made it three games in one week. That was that was. I don't understand it. <laughs> I mean, on the one hand, you gave the Bruins the opportunity to just completely break the backs of the uh, of the Habs. Three wins back to back against Habs. Like when it was the last time that was. Yeah, <laughs> typically they don't do it like that. Like you might have a home and home with like Toronto or the Sabers or something, but not so much like uh, three Habs games in one week. That's not my, we, my experience. And we won them two at the Bell Center. That's like. That's that's kind of why when I walked in, I'm like, okay, am, are we pushing our luck, wanting three wins in a row? I'm like, mm, is it gonna break tonight? But no, like. <laughs> well, so I, I I'd assumed that the, the Habs were gonna put on a show that night after how they just completely forgot to show up at the Garden <laughs> earlier in the week, right? <laughs> nope. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they scored first, but then afterwards, it was like, mm, no. <laughs> yeah. Go ahead, Tim. Go ahead. I was just going to say, yeah, after they scored that first goal, it seemed like they stopped trying after that. It was like, oh, we got our goal. Time to let loose. What is the, the atmosphere like up there for Habs fans? Well, it's where the, like, more noisy supporters are, I feel like, because as I said, there were, like, drums with, like, lights on them, the more rowdy people and costumes are there, but they're both sides, too. Like, there were a lot of Bruins fans up there, and wow. so you could hear some Bruins chants, and then, like, they would, like, respond to each other and try to overtake each other's chants, so that was really nice. Oh, my. It was fun. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god i forgot the bruins fans travel pretty well and it's not that far so yeah and there are pl- probably just people in the province who are definitely bruins fans yeah because if you don't there's like habs lovers and there there's everyone else and mm. a lot of them are like if we hate the habs we're gonna be for their like biggest enemy we're gonna be bruins fans wow before it was nordiques but you know now they've switched to either the Bruins or the Avalanche. I feel like how they oh, have oh, there's a good population that, that um, um, kept their fandom with the franchise when it moved to Colorado. My, my grandpa, my grandpa was a Nordiques fan, so when they moved, he became an Avalanche fan. Wow! Wow! 
it was not it was not going to cheer for the Habs. Like no matter how far it was, it was not going to be the Habs. Now that that sounds like exactly what Bergeron's always said. It's like I grew up a Nords fan. End sentence. <laughs> yeah, if the Nordics come back, I'm I'm gonna have a, a new favorite Canadian team. That's okay. That's okay. I they, they, totally they did always have the best jerseys of any Canadian team. Those Nordic jerseys are beautiful. <gasps> you see, you see Nordic merch like regularly out and about. The team's been gone for 25 years or something. Like, you still see caps and hats. People like still wear Nordiques merch and like one that's been produced recently, not vintage. <laughs> So so what do you think about Gary Bettman this week saying that there isn't a plan right now for a uh, for uh, a Quebec City team but he's not throwing out the idea permanently? I feel like Gary Bettman doesn't like Quebec. Like it's just I don't know, he seems to be biased against it. Like we're ready. There's a fan base, there's an arena, there's basically everything. I I, th- I think they're they're waiting for the Panthers to finally fail is what they're doing, I, I think. I think Quebec is going to be more of a relocation market than a new franchise. Okay. I think that's what's going to happen because they don't seem to be leaning towards that just in general. They don't, not super, the spider is back. Oh no! The spider is back! <laughs> <laughs> I feel for her in this spider saga because I that's just... Fantastic. Nope. So, as far as a first game, though, for a first NHL game, how how happy, how excited were you? Well, very excited. It took a long time for the goals and true actions to start. I think the first goal was mid- midway through the second. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but from then on, it was really exciting. Yeah, at some point, it, it just seems like they were playing hot potato. Like my brother said, it looks like they're playing hot potato. Neither team could keep the puck. But yeah, after when the goals started coming in, action started and then it was really interesting. It was it was it was great. So so was it your brother who gave you the tickets? Oh <laughs> it was our dad. Oh good. <laughs> uh, the old gift for you that's kinda of for me. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, he gave us, and it was just, it was just a pair because it was someone's season tickets that he, he was not going, so he sold them away, so he couldn't come with us. It have been fun, but uh, no, it was just meeting uh, the two of us. It was, it was well nice despite everything that happened, but because hey. we got there, he forgot his ticket. Oh, had, no, we had to drive an hour back. And another, we live an hour away. Oh, it's four hours total that evening. Oh, that's why it was bad. So when I sat in, I'm like, I have to like this because I drove three hours so far to get here. So uh, that can be unsettling, but you stayed the course. Yeah, I'm like, I'm not gonna list my father waste his money on this because I mean, tickets are pricey, but uh, I'm like. I, I've been thinking about it for a week. I'm going to be here. I'm going to enjoy it. And I did. Despite everything, I got out of there very happy and excited and satisfied because we won. So <laughs> if we lost, I would have been really depressed. I, yeah, I can totally get that. That would have been not 
fun, especially with all the driving and all of that. I understand about that. <laughs> that can be unsettling. Uh, and, oh, and yes, Jeff, when we went to the game just a few weeks ago to Boston, it took us two hours easily to get from my house to the venue. Most and, of which was within the city limits. <laughs> right. I live 25 miles away. That's that's what we've got here. <laughs> but it was an, it's an easy drive, but I was just like, Oh, the whole time. The anticipation. We couldn't share the drive. I had to do it all. Oh, man. But we won. We won. So it was all worth it. it was all- I think it was a very solid first game for it you to, to go to. The, the, the Bruins won. It was a true rivalry game. So you can't beat that. That's like an experience that you're always going to take with you. I you always know? wanted my first game to be that matchup. I've- I mean, it was the best matchup. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and now, um, so you weren't there for warm-ups or you got there late for warm-ups. Uh, well, warm-ups were already happening. Like, right. Oh, that's not so bad. Yeah. Not- I, I like to see the warm-ups going on. I'm I'm a butts and seats by 630 kind of gal. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I planned for that. Did not happen. <laughs> no, no, no. That's okay. I'm saying I feel for you because I know exactly how that feels. And there are times yeah. where I've gotten there right at puck drop. You know what I mean? So I, I feel you. But man, I, I one thing I wanted to ask, do they do that whole ceremony, that pregame ceremony every game? No, it was pretty. Uh, it, no, there was no special ceremony. It was like the anthems and there was like some projections on the ice. Like, but other than that, there wasn't anything special. I think that like, they, they commemorated um, a sports writer. Uh, was it Red, Red Fisher? Fisher? Yep. Yeah. Well, so did a little video about that, a little like moment of silence. But other than that, um, this time it was not really busy with ceremonial things. Okay. Yeah. It was, it was nice. I think, I think the whole thing is very exciting. I think going okay. to... Going to your first NHL game is super exciting. If you're not excited about that, then don't go. <laughs> well, you know, I got to tell you, I think one of the things that, one of the reasons why I was inspired by um, your story was that I thought about like how exciting it is to go to a game and how if you watched it on TV, that's totally fine. You can see a certain part of the game and, and you can, you know, you can enjoy it. But when you go to a live game, it just feels different. It's it's just like you that's where you like fall in love with it. Yeah, you can get easily as distracted that when you're at home. Like things ha- happen, your phone, your anything. When you're at the game, you at the game. Like you it's in your face. You don't have choice to pay attention to it. So you get more easily excited and that's that's the thrill of being at a live game. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Something I wanted to say that I really like about the Bell Center is that they have a, a texting hotline. If I don't know if other arenas have that, but within the intermission, they're like, oh, here's where you can join us. And if anything happens in the stands, like in our case, we had a beer almost full spilled right under me, basically. But like, is the row behind me, but it's still like at my feet. Beer everywhere, smell terrible could just text them and be like there's a beverage spill and like within five minutes a dude came in to wipe it oh wow so like if there's any issues you can text them and they're gonna come 
right in to help you. And I personally really liked it because I didn't want to smell like beer for two more hours. I don't blame you because spilled beer doesn't taste, it doesn't smell very good. It definitely doesn't taste good, but it doesn't smell very good after a while. (laughs) So that's something that, it's a detail I really like. Like if you have a problem, I just wish they gave the number earlier so I didn't have to smell it for almost 30 minutes before I got the number. But um, I thought that's really great customer service. Yeah, at at the garden, it's kind of like, good luck to you. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You came to the game? Good luck with that. I've been outside because I've been to Boston, but always in the summer, never any games. But uh, one day I'll go to the garden. Oh, yeah, definitely. You should come down. I'll go to the game. We'll have a good time. (laughs) I'm fun to go to games with, I think. Can confirm. <laughs> it was my, actually my third NHL arena I went in because I've been to NHL arenas for women's hockey many times. Wow. Yes, but it was the first time the, the NHL, but um, I really like the Bell Center. And I don't know, it's just because it's easily accessible, but I don't know, there's something very, like, I don't know, it makes sense. I don't, I, it, it's hard to explain but it's like easy going and just a nice place as a fan you don't feel uh, lost or it's just it's just a fun experience you're not looking for things everything's pretty clear and uh other than prices <laughs> it's, oh. it's a great place like montreal's a very expensive hockey city. like we love hockey and they make you pay for it ah uh, yeah yeah i mean any i think so many arenas are like that. I mean, and to know that the Jacobses own the concessions at the garden, they own everything there. Well, the Molsons, <laughs> you know, it's not the Molson Center, but it's basically it. It's a beer company owning family that owns the, the hats. So that NHL thing, if you if you're in concessions or beer, buy a team. Exactly. (laughs) I mean, it's smart business. You can't fault them for that. But you know, as a fan, you know, it's like, uh, like you get a budget. If you want to take like more than two people, you really got a budget for it. And it's like, I don't know. It would take some enjoyment away from me. I didn't have to pay for those, and I couldn't drink because I was driving. But sometimes I'm like. Ah, paying like $15 for a beer after like my nearly $200 ticket. It's like, ugh. Okay, that's, that's worse than, that was, that's, that's even worse than the garden. Impressive. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I don't know, I don't know the price of beer, but I wouldn't be surprised. That's accurate. That's an accurate guess, I believe. So. I've easily paid 12 bucks for a beer at the garden. I mean, I, I don't even like beer, so for sure I'm going to understand that, so. No, no. I mean, it, it can... It can be a challenge. I mean, we wanted to grab dinner before the, the game, but we got in way too late. So we're grabbing things there and they're way overpriced and it's not what you want. And it's a, uh, you know what I want? I want a corn dog. That's what I want every time. I want a corn dog and I've only ever found it in one place. You know, I bet they're worried about people weaponizing the sticks or something. Oh, yeah, that's true. Well, yeah, that's why they don't give you the cap on water bottles. They're not supposed to at the garden, but they do. Well, the ones I've seen in Montreal and multiple Montreal arenas, they always take it off. But I keep some in my purse. Just, I don't buy it. I keep two of them in my purse. 
I no. thought about doing that. I should just do that. I well, should... you know the brand they use? You know, I, I've done it. It's... <laughs> <laughs> I feel like a cheapskate when I do that. I'm like, they're already making me pay so much. No, no. Um, the, 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 the game, they're doing stuff um, to make money off of people just to because they can. Because you're a captive yeah. audience. You know what I mean? And, and people pay for it, so they continue to do it. It's okay. You're not alone. It, and and that kind of stuff prices people out of the games. You know, maybe yeah. I can't I can't say what it's like down in Arizona because I haven't gone to a game there. But that might be like one of the only markets where you can get a, a ticket for cheap and probably get concessions for reasonable prices, maybe. Or Florida. Oh, Florida, Florida like probably. a couple of years ago, they were basically almost paying you to go to the game and giving you snacks. You know, so cheap. But yeah, it's different markets. In Montreal, like, the market right now is pretty, like, not very positive. Like, the team is not doing well. So people are, like, I don't think they're very enthusiastic about going to games and paying this much. Well, that's too bad. <laughs> I personally don't mind. The thing is, I work in with public, and here people tell me about it. And, like, I, they know I'm a Bruins fans. They talk to me about the hats all the time, and now they're not doing good. So they've been very negative, and I'm, I'm like, well, <laughs> keep. And interesting that they're still talking about the Habs while they're doing to a Bruins fan while the Habs are doing badly. That just seems like a uh, poor strategy. But they don't always know right away, but yeah, it's like, oh, the Habs this, the Habs that, and then and then and then. I'm like, I don't care, but it's still like spreading all the negatives of it. They don't. They do bad. People's mood are bad, and when you work with the public, you get that too. Yeah. Well, I mean, here in Boston, you won't even hear about the Bruins if they're not doing well. Well, um, especially not these days. <laughs> no, and now they're doing really well, but they're they're considered like the best story, and they're under the radar. And actually, we enjoy that, as we've said before. Yeah. It's it's kind of nice for that to happen, but um, how? Do they feel about Claude Julien? I think they like him. Maybe at first it was a little bit, oh, it was a Bruins coach, but he's been the Habs coach too before. I think generally they like him. Is the it's it's Mark Bergevin they struggle with now. Like ah. you know, they they traded a star player, they changed a coach, like it's going up now. Like people's they're going up the ranks to see what's the problem. Right. So I think now, I think there's going to be some moves up there. If there aren't any, like, I don't know what's going to happen with them. <laughs> I think they're going to have to fire Bergevin at some point, And if it's not during the season, it's going to be right after. Yeah. I mean, it, they can't keep going on like this. And he didn't build a team for Claude. No. Well, that's just it. Claude, we're now seeing pretty clearly, needs a needs a top-rung two-way center and a reliable shutdown defenseman and, and good goaltending, all three. Um, and he's really only got one of those, and it hasn't been as reliable as it, as one can usually expect from Gary Price. Yeah, people see, like, the, the, the problem is the roster, but who makes the roster? It's people who, the guy who gets the players and makes the moves. So you can yeah, see that the coach is not the problem. Well, but then there's definite evidence that Claude's not using that roster to the best of its abilities either. True, partly, but <laughs> mostly you can see that it's major roster problems. Oh, yeah, for sure. I uh, hope they fix none of them. 
<laughs> I hope that you can. I, we're gonna get you some Bruins gear so you can wear it with some pride. <laughs> I have a scarf, and that's about it. But um, yeah, I've been meaning to get a jersey for so long. I don't know why I don't do it. It's it's a big purchase, and you got to know who you want. Oh, I know who I want. That's not the problem. <laughs> oh, oh, tell us, tell us. It's it's Bergeron. Oh, of course, <laughs> of course. How? Really? What? Uh, how much do you think that the uh, that Habs fans wish they had Bergeron? Uh, Bergeron. Uh, Bergeron. <laughs> um, I mean, I don't think any of them would say like keep him away. <laughs> are you are you also humble up there? Come on. <laughs> the vast majority of people would want him like he's a great player it's like it's like brad we, we love to hate him but if he was on our team we would be excited i think patrice is even like is even nicer so i think less people would be like pushed off but that's not the word but um they wouldn't hate him on the team I, f- I feel like they would like him he's he's from quebec too that plays for him french speaker they, they would like Patrice, but Patrice is not going to go by up there. No, I I think that, honestly, I can't imagine them ever not wanting him to be on their team. Even if he is from Quebec City, even if he is a Nords fan, he is everything that they would probably want in a player. And he's yeah. ours! Everybody's going to stay here, uh, here, Boston. <laughs> well, you can say here it's fine. You're a, you're you're a Bruins fan. You're yeah, in Bruins fandom yeah. right now. So yeah, yes. my mom always teases me and I say, "Oh, we want." She's like, "We yes, me too." <laughs> <laughs> well, he yeah. We we hope that Bergeron. I almost said Bergevin again. Oh gosh, uh, we hope that he stays forever. Yeah. Well, both can stay forever, as far as I'm concerned. Well, <laughs> also yes. <laughs> okay. Perfect. That's the way to do it. Well, thank you for coming on and telling us about your first game with the Bruins. Well, it was really fun. Thank you for inviting me. I'm very. I was very excited. I'm very excited to edit the episode later. I'm going to have to take all sorts of parts and put them together in a certain way. It's going to be fun. Uh, but uh, yeah, well, thank you for coming on. I'm hope you enjoy your, the rest of your day off because you are a busy woman from what it sounds like. Six days a week sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. So go sit back. Don't drink a beer. <laughs> I hope the spider is killed. And uh, I think it is. <laughs> and um, thank you for coming on. Thank you very much. All right. Uh, we'll talk to you. Well, hopefully we'll talk to you again. And you'll hear from us later this week on the podcast. <laughs> That'd be great. Okay. All right. Bye, Roxanne. Bye. Listeners, if you want to tell us about your first NHL game experience, you can go ahead and contact us at the usual places, which we will tell you what they are later on in the show. So, something that was peak NHL happened at the All-Star game. Uh-oh. There was a goal called back for offsides. <laughs> at the All-Star game? <laughs> yes. And Wes McCauley call, did, like, this whole... I retweeted it. This whole, like, offsides! Like, he made a theatrical 
performance. Of course he did. If he didn't, so, yeah. I would be disappointed. Yeah, peak NHL. It was actually in the Atlantic versus the Metro too. Uh, Carlson had the call, had the goal pulled, called back. <laughs> Marshy did score a goal, and he did have an assist as well. Oh, that's nice. What? 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 Oh, I okay. I did. Uh, I'll watch that thing later. I'll, I'll enjoy it. We've got a couple things that we can do here. We um we have schedule talk, however we want to do it, and stuff that we've heard from listeners this week. And I'm still trying to figure out how to formulate that into something that makes sense. But anyway, yes. What do we want to do first? Oh, we'll do listener stuff, right? Sure. Why not? Okay. Man, Jeff, you got to fix your whatever it is. Because, like, not seeing your face is so weird. First of all, we had Jaya Ballard chime in about last week's episode. She said, Let's liquor up that Nick fellow and bring him to karaoke night. Hashtag barely unkey. <laughs> that was in reference to something that happened in the episode next week uh, or last week I'm going to let Jeff find that out himself um, Cars and Hockey good old Cars and Hockey was was uh, asking Tim where he got the stats about how much time the bees spend trailing leading etc I love that kind of thing he says yeah I still haven't found where the graphic came from and then Nick chimed in with Arnick said, I too heard this stat on Hockey Night in Canada. So that might be a, a good place to, to go. Jean Catherine! That's a blast from the past. We haven't heard from her in a while. She goes, dog hockey with a gif of Andy Dwyer. Yeah! <laughs> that, oh! Look, right? Right? And so I tweeted back to her uh, a picture of David Backus with one of his dogs. And she's like, I cannot like this gif enough. And, you know, basically then Jeff chimed in with Batman should listen to, to us more because we want to change the all-star game, uh, obviously, to have dog hockey. Dog hockey in every aspect for the skills challenge, for the actual games would be way more interesting than what we've had to watch. I get it. People... You know, players need to be acknowledged for doing good jobs and work and blah, But their blah, dogs blah. need to be acknowledged for being good boys. And girls. Yes, and girls, of course. Right, right. Can't wait for the puppy bowl. Oh my god, I'm so excited for... I'm actually more excited about the puppy bowl than I am about the Super Bowl. And my team's in the Super Bowl. I I'm telling you, Jeff, there's something there. There's something that you can pick my brain with there. But you dropped the thread that night, so... Sorry, man. I don't know what to say. Anyway, what was I going to say? Oh, yeah, there's like a, a lot of weird stuff here between Jeff and I, karaoke and gold blooms and whatever. So we're not going to talk about that because that's not really fan stuff. <laughs> I will say that we've decided that the goal song should simply just should be traded to uh, change to, um, uh, to to surrender by, by Cheap Trick. I believe we agreed on that. Yes, <laughs> always. I will always yeah. agree on that. Russ Hallowell chimed in on the Facebook page with the, uh, he was, last week we, uh, we compared, um, Vetrano to playing Pokemon Go. And we did, uh, because basically this is what Nick said. Nick said, if Frank Vetrano evolved, he would be Jake DeBrusque. And then I said, we don't have enough Vetrano candies for that. And we, and then <laughs> <laughs> we're going to have to, we're going to have to walk him as our buddy. <laughs> 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 uh, 
as we kill Jeff. (laughs) 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 So Russ Hallowell said, playing Pokemon Go while listening to the podcast. Vetrano needs more rare candies. We have to walk him more. (laughs) He renames Teddy Ursa to Vetrano. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) Yep. It's just what we do. <laughs> well, we have a brand, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I'm battling for my second Mewtwo this week, and my other, my first Mewtwo on my alternate account. On the nice. same day, within an hour of each other. <laughs> in, in two different towns. <laughs> I'm never getting an EX raid pass, ever. You will, Tim. You will. Never. You should come never. down. Well, then you would have to come back down again. Yeah. We'll figure this out. I'm, I'm never going to get one. I, I mean, the, Augusta's gotten two, and I did not get either of the two. I can't imagine playing in winter is fun up there. <clears throat> no, it's definitely not. It's not uh-huh. fun down here. You'll get it. It, it'll just be spring. It's okay. But I mean, the- me, I'm just filling out my Pokédex now. In the meantime, walk your Frank Vitrano. That's you, Tuca. You walk your Frank Vitrano to make him evolve into Jake DeBrusque. <laughs> That's what I'm doing right now, except it's Lombre. Oh. <laughs> How are we going to do the schedule? I don't even know what the schedule is this week. Okay. <clears throat> Well, listeners, Bruins have uh, three games uh, in the coming week. It's pledge week. It doesn't start till Tuesday after the All-Star break with uh, where the uh, Anaheim Ducks uh, come to uh, come to Boston, 7 p.m. at the Garden. It's Tuesday the 30th, last game of January. All Fuck the dunk. Follow it up on Thursday. This is a multi-game homestand. Oh, gosh. Multi-game homestand on February 1st um, against St. Louis. Again, 7 p.m. at the Garden. And then close out the homestand on Saturday, February 3rd, against Toronto at 7 p.m. at the Garden. Against Jack White's illegitimate son. Yes. Mm-hmm. At least they're all at 7 p.m. and not fucking like 5 o'clock and shit. Oh, that's coming. That's coming soon. Woo. It is. And I fucking can't stand it. Yeah, we're only a couple weeks out from the from the Western Canada road trip, so that's going to be, you know, a bunch of viewable games. Although, oh. holy shit, one of them's at 4 p.m. Eastern on a Monday. Yeah, that's Calgary. Fucking A. <laughs> of course it's Calgary. Of course. Of course, it's fucking Calgary. <laughs> yeah, I'm so sick of the flams. Um, <laughs> wh- what holiday is that? 19th, so that's President's Day in the U.S. And uh, I don't know, it varies which pro- what they call it depending on which province you're in. So I don't know what they call it in Alberta. No, it's Nova Scotia Heritage Day. I don't know who they're naming it after this year, but they changed, they changed who, who the name attached to the holiday every year in Nova Scotia. It's Family Day in Ontario. Um, so it's just a national holiday that's called a different thing by province. It's fairly new in most provinces, so they've just sort of introduced it and like scrambled to come up with something to call it in each jurisdiction. Sort of like some some provinces don't even have a name for the August long weekend. 
It's just the August long weekend. <laughs> In fact, most of Nova Scotia doesn't have a name, but in Halifax, it's Natal Day. It's the, the founding of Halifax, but the rest of Nova Scotia, just, you know, August long weekend. <laughs> I want to tell you something. Facebook has decided to target some ads at me saying, go to beautiful Nova Scotia. And they've got some beautiful things. I'm like, oh, I want to go to Nova Scotia and see that. And then I was like, why is it saying go to Nova Scotia? How many times have I said that? I mean, I do have to go there. It's part of where I haven't been in Canada. But, you know, I'll make sure that when I go that Jeff is away. <laughs> so he doesn't have to entertain me. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Man, I haven't been since I was like 15. That was the last time because we went to Nova Scotia. Um, I think we went up to Prince Edward Island. Ooh, uh, see, I've not been to any of those. I've been <laughs> out west. I got corn dogs at Rexall. We covered that <laughs> earlier this show. I I went to the Anne of Green Gables house. PEI hold PEI holds you hostage. You can drive there for free, but it costs fifty bucks to leave. I I've heard that. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah, it. the Anne of Green Gables house went there, and we actually saw the play when we were there as well. Remember, when you go to PEI. You're on vacation. See, those are the magical words. I mean, that that is our treat yourself. It really <laughs> treat is. Treat yourself to get the fuck off this island, yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, but... <laughs> I, I do have to float that idea to him that, you know, that is our treat yourself. You're on vacation. Okay, anyway, uh, it's so white. <laughs> <laughs> so very, very white. <laughs> <sighs> okay. Yeah, so, okay, that's a crazy day that you guys don't know what it's called, and it's a holiday, and we have to suffer by watching 4 p.m. hockey. Great. Thanks, guys. Yeah, it is a weird fucking start time. But then again, it's better than 9 p.m. Eastern start time the next day against the Oilers. Or 10 p.m. Eastern Eastern start time on on the 17th. That's at Canucks. Um, Anyway, we'll talk about that one when we, you know, get closer to those those dates actually i'm sad this is the first year in a while that they don't play on my birthday the celtics do i think yeah the celtics do but the bruins don't we have to get into the second round of the playoffs for them to play on my birthday so god willing i mean this year you never know all right so schedule is ducks and blues and leafs all at home i kind of really dislike all those teams that's kind of well, I, have I, no, I have no strong view on the blues that, yeah it, yeah i guess that's i really don't like the st louis cardinals so i just project that onto the blues i mean cardinals fans just seemed great yeah the, the, <laughs> the, the self the self-proclaimed best fans in baseball my god i can't stand that shit just like cowboys are america's team yeah i hate the Double self-proclaimed on that one the self-proclaimed bullshit and like when the if you see some of the there is a twitter it's like best fans in baseball and it's all tweets of like how of st louis fans being absolute horrendous people (laughs) and (laughs) it was it was pretty prevalent when the Sox beat them in 2013 in the world series some of the stuff that was said oh so it's kind of like Bruins comments. <laughs> yeah, it kind of is. I don't know. St. Louis, you're just a bad market. You lost a football team to a notoriously bad market. Um, yeah, not only did they lose them to a bad market, that's the second team there. <laughs> the second, and the second time they've lost that team to that market. 
At least they're going to actually own their stadium, unlike the Chargers. <laughs> oh, my God. I, I'm just sitting there, and I'm, like, going through all that stuff in my head, and it's like, okay, the Rams went from Los Angeles to the uh, to St. Louis. They were there for a long time. Then they went back to Los Angeles. I mean, that's how bad you are, St. I think Louis. they'd previously been in St. Louis before they were in Los Angeles the first time as well, were they not? No, no. They, were, they were always in L.A. Okay. But they, they couldn't – let's put it this way. Both – the Raiders and and the Rams were in L.A. for a period of time in the 80s and early 90s, and neither team was really good, and they both ended up moving away. So that tells you the L.A. market. And they both ended up being better after they moved away. <laughs> right, but then they got worse. So they got better for a while, and then they got much worse. So it's like, oh, it's just terrible, you know? And then the Rams made the playoffs this year. So, Tim, what it means is that we have to go see a Raiders game and a, a, a Golden Knights game. We have to make sure that that can happen in the same span of a week or something. There we go. That's what we have to do. God willing, we'll have a uh, XFL team to see out there, too. Oh, my God. <laughs> I don't even want to start talking on that one, but it ties into a lot of other things we've talked about, about the stupidity of sports right now. <laughs> we can have a... Why don't we say we're going to have an episode on the stupidity of sports at some point, okay? <laughs> Just to get it all out. You know what I mean? Because, you know, there's plenty of hockey stuff in there and whatnot. So, yeah. As for us now, we have to wrap up this show. Because I've kept you here for a long time, and I'm looking at... Oh, God. Three hours? I'm well, the first at... half hour wasn't a show at all, but still. <laughs> okay, so I'm looking at... Two point two five hours. Yes. No. Yeah. I'm, I'm looking at. Yeah. It's it's actually two forty seven. I'm looking at. Uh, you know, two hours and fifteen minutes of show to go through, which is so fun. I love it. Anyway, <laughs> I love doing the show. It's the editing that becomes a pain. Let me just say that out loud. Okay. So, you, yes, you can contact us. At uh, Barely on Topic on Twitter, at Barely on Topic Podcast on Facebook. Do it on the page and we will respond to you right away. And we'll even respond as ourselves, not as the nameless, faceless, Barely on Topic thing. If I can figure it out, because Facebook is stupid. <laughs> you can contact me at uh, VA from RI on Twitter. Uh, a couple of you have followed me. I've followed you back. So, yeah. I got you, Mark Steinman and Roxanne. So, uh, yeah. So, yeah, you guys. Sure. Um, you can follow me uh, at Dr. Hand Grenade. You know, I sometimes actually talk about hockey on that Twitter, uh, on that Twitter page, even. <laughs> you do most of the time. Mostly Goldblum, really. Really? What's not to talk about with Goldblum? Seriously. Okay. Also, yes. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> and Tim can be a Tim... A. Richardson? Yeah, Tim A. Richardson. I sometimes tweet about the Bruins, a lot of other sports, and a lot of bad puns. So, I mean, really, what can go wrong there? Mm -hmm. Also, many, many supernatural gifts. So. Yeah, that one checks out. Yep. Um. (laughs) Yep. Yep, that's true. You can listen to us on SoundCloud, on Google Play, on Stitcher, on iTunes, and wherever you like to 
listen. Wherever your favorite podcasts are found. Right, there you go. That's and right. go on iTunes and rate us a bunch of stars. If you don't think we deserve five stars, just just, just sit this one out. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I feel like this is almost like Meow Meow Beans. Oh, yes, I just finished the fifth <laughs> Fifth uh, season of Community last night. Um, nice. <laughs> and let me just tell you this, right? I was dreading watching the fifth season for some reason after I, I watched the disastrous fourth season. But okay, oh, yeah. Fifth season, I did not realize that the metaphor for that season was they're sa- saving Greendale. They were trying to save the show. Oh. See, Greendale and the show, that was the metaphor. Man, when Troy left, though. It was like a dagger to the heart. Yeah. It really was because, but you know what? I also understand there really wasn't much for Troy to do in that. I mean, he's awesome with Abed and I love the two of them on their own and what fun things they do. But basically, there wasn't a lot for him to do. There wasn't. And he's gone on to leave Community and do really well for himself. Atlanta after. Atlanta is starting up next month. If you haven't watched the first season, you should totally watch the first season. And then, and, and then of course, he's going to be Lando Calrissian in May. In May? Yeah. For some reason, Disney's releasing that in Infinity War the same month, which seems like a very strange choice on their part. They're opposite ends of the month, but yes. Well, Infinity War is like right before my birthday, which is so exciting. I love that. So I am all over that. That might actually happen on my birthday. Please, Bruins, play around my birthday, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, so that's cool. Okay, but I, I do want to see that. I'm I'm kind of done with the Star Wars movies, but I want to see that because I love Donald Glover. He'll be excellent as Lando. Whoever the fuck it is they're casting as Han Solo, I bet's going to be, eh. <laughs> no, I, nobody else can be Han Solo other than Harrison Ford. So, And he's just too old. But uh, I enjoy seeing the prospect of seeing uh, Donald Glover be Lando. That'll be fun. Yeah. So anyway, yes, this is a typical episode for us. Five stars. <laughs> Read it. Five stars. <laughs> uh, Tim takes out. Word.